Oh yeah. Let's talk about making love. No, not that kind of making love. Did you know that the average person only spends half a percent of their life having sex? Here at Making Love Today, we learn from couples about what they do with the other 99.5% of their time to create meaningful, deeply fulfilling, and long-lasting relationships. So listen up as we hear what our guest couples do outside the bedroom to make their love work. And now, here's your host, Patrick Perkins. So for today's couple, we have Jamie and Mikey, our high school sweethearts. There's a lot of great things that I really liked. Excited to hear from you, Anne, about what you noticed that they did well and what can we all learn from them. Well, the one thing that stuck out the most is I was sort of going on this journey with them as they talked about in high school and then they broke up. It really caught my attention when Jamie said, if we hadn't broken up, we would not be together now. I started to think about what their relationship was like when they were in high school versus when they were in college. In high school, it was kind of like, well, you're cute. I like you. But they talked about depending on each other emotionally. It was really based on need. And they made the contrast between that, like, I need you, to their college relationship was more like, well, I like you and you're just someone I want to be with, which was actually a much stronger relationship. And being more independent helped them enjoy each other rather than desperately clinging, which is my phrase, not theirs. But it felt kind of like that's the difference. They were having a little bit of a back and forth on whether or not their high school relationship was unhealthy. It wasn't a bad relationship, but it was an immature relationship. I don't think that we as humans tend to really think about our relationships as part of human maturation. We think about relationships as that fairy tale you get together. You're meant for each other and then you go off into the sunset and there's no progression there. That progression is super important. It was a fine relationship, but it was immature, which isn't a bad thing. That's all they could do as high schoolers. You don't have the depth to bring a whole lot into the relationship other than whether or not you think someone's cute because you're just discovering that. That's a great thing to do at that developmental stage. So it was appropriate relationship developmentally. Well, what do you think about how they were saying that if they hadn't broken up, then they wouldn't be where they were today. What happened when they broke up is they both matured. And then when they came back together, they had more to contribute. Just to skip forward just a little bit for them, she's talking about her senior project. The most connected time I feel like we had was during my senior year. I had my senior project, which was really emotionally, mentally, physically draining. Mikey literally sat with me every weekend during my senior project and helped me, became friends with all my classmates, would grab us food if we needed it. <laughs> like He's like our personal assistant <laughs> during that time. But he helped me so much. So it was a give and take most of the time. But during that time, it was definitely a lot of give from him and a lot of take from me. I couldn't make an effort to do anything other than, than that project. It's not unusual for people to have those kinds of experiences. We all have moments where something is all consuming. And Mikey's response as a therapist, I was a little bit worried listening to that level of devotion for that amount of time because it feels a little codependent. For him in this situation, it would mean that he was really depending on that interaction in order to shore up his sense of being a good person or his sense of self, um, or he's using it as a way to leverage attention. So he so desperately needs attention that he's doing all of these things. And that's not what happened. If you listen to Mikey and his talking about it, this is his perspective. 
And I guess part of it is the understanding, right? It's knowing that as much as I'm going to invest a bunch of time to come up every weekend, but knowing that, yeah, sure, right now for a year, maybe or nine months, whatever, it's going to be a lot of me doing all this effort, but it's worth it, right? I mean, in, you know, in the end, I'm going to be with that person anyways. Why not make it easier for them? Even if it makes it a little harder for you at the moment, why not do it? He's not leveraging it because he expects her to pay him back and he's not hanging out desperate for attention. It was a gift given freely from someone whose sense of self could really afford it. And that's not codependent at all. That's actually pretty amazing. He could afford to make that kind of investment because he'd gone on that journey of self-discovery and built his own resilience and strength and sense of self. And that's the element that we're highlighting today is strength of self and being resilient. It's absolutely a skill you can develop. And he did a great job. And then it allowed him to be there for her in a way that really was an investment, not creating a debt for her. So that sounds like a great skill to have and a great strength to have. What's something I could go home and do today that would help me become more like Mikey? Brene Brown says, you know how you learn to swim by swimming? You learn to brave by braving. And I think that's it. You learn to be resilient by picking yourself up, moving yourself forward and being resilient. And there's lots of things that contribute to resilience. Positive feelings often can help us be more resilient and nurturing those in ourselves. Determination, that grit factor. There's so many different elements to build resilience that you can definitely do. But really, you learn to be resilient by resilienting, <laughs> by going and doing it and just practicing, just saying, okay, this is a situation and I'm going to stand myself up and move myself forward and I'm going to get through it. Could you give me a concrete example of that? Can I be really personal? Darling's seven-year-old struggles. He struggles when it comes to making friends at school and things like that. He came home the other day crying. He told me that his friends were running away from him. What a horrible thing for a seven-year-old. And he didn't understand why and he didn't understand what he'd done and he goes back to school and he approaches those people and that's a risk to walk up to those people again and try and maintain the friendship. And it worked in this case and they're kind of back on good footing. But how much braving was he doing? What I'm hearing is that what we really need to do in order to gain resilience in our own relationship is to do the scary things. Mm -hmm. This is a good example of that as the gift given freely because Jamie could have not been with him for a long time and he knew that. She has choices and she could have decided she didn't want to be with him anymore. And after he put in all this effort, every weekend, hours and hours, all weekend long, just being as supportive as he possibly could. There's no rule that says then the universe somehow makes that worth it. A lot of things we do in relationships aren't necessarily going to be reciprocated. And to just show up like that is a gift given freely. And that's brave. So we need to do right by our partner, whether or not we ever expect to get anything back from them. Yes. It's so hard to do, but his attitude in this really made it possible for it to be that kind of investment rather than something transactional. You have to be pretty centered on yourself, centered in yourself to be able to make that kind of investment and know that it's a risk. It's always a risk and not be transactional about it. But I think they're right that as high schoolers, they didn't have that strong core sense of self to be able to have the internal capital to risk like that. 
And so what happens if you don't ever get back? Clearly, Jamie reciprocated. And Mm -hmm. clearly, Jamie eventually was in a position where she was able to give back and be supportive of Mikey. What happens if that never happens? You have to decide. The other thing about having a really strong core sense of self like this and being resilient and strong is that your partner can sense that you're not dependent on them. And therefore, they have to really pay attention to how they treat you. If somebody has a strong core sense of self and that strength of self, they have the strength to walk. Whereas somebody who is being ill-treated, often it's because they don't have a core strength of self that allows them to leave. And so they feel like they're stuck or that they just need to keep investing and keep investing and keep investing, just hoping to get something back. The major strength then, just to sum it up here, the major strength that Mikey showed here is resilience or strength of self. And the way that we can develop that is by doing the scary little things (laughs) to try and make our partner's life better without any expectation that we'll be getting something back in return. So for our listeners looking for a concrete thing that they can do at home, you're telling them to go and put themselves out there to their partner and risk being their best self. Basically, yeah. David Snart has some good things to say about this. One of the things you have to have in place in order to do that well is your own sense of self-regulation. Mikey had to be able to deal with his emotions in that moment. If he's sitting there and she's ignoring him, he has to deal with any feelings that he might have. Don't you care about me? You didn't even say thank you. There's all these things that naturally come up because we're humans. We kind of have this image of people being desperate for love and attention and that if our partner isn't giving us all the love and attention that we want and we need, then the relationship is horrible. And that's actually a weird caricature of what relationships actually are. Yeah, sure. We want to feel connection and we want to feel love from our partner and have someone give us attention and give us affection. That feels really good and it's important for a relationship. But we're also built to handle our own emotions. If that desperation were in place, it would have seriously corrupted Jamie's experience. So Mikey being helpful and attentive because he wanted or needed something from her would be a completely different experience for Jamie. And this is the quote from David Snarsh. Being out of sync with your partner, which is kind of the way he describes either they're breaking up or having that mismatch of one person investing and the other person not responding as much. Being out of sync with your partner and maintaining yourself is just as normal as synchrony. Both are necessary for healthy interaction. Knowing this often changes your feelings about being out of phase with your partner and time apart and having to self-soothe. You can expect to be on different wavelengths from your spouse frequently and get back in sync about half the time. Which, if you think of that idea of this constant love and attention back and forth, half the time sounds horrible. (laughs) It sounds horrible to me. But I love how he says this. Do something about it if it's not to your liking. But don't automatically expect more. Just because you don't have what you want doesn't mean that something is wrong. It's so incredibly true. And then he goes on to say... Time out of sync with your partner is neither traumatic nor wasted unless you insist on it. These could be positive experiences that facilitate a positive core sense of self. So Mikey taking that journey when they broke up, it really did strengthen his core sense of self and expand his ability to cope on his own and not need her to help him cope all the time and enhance his mastery of himself and of the situation and his effectiveness as he makes these investments. And he used all of that 
to be highly supportive of Jamie when she really needed it. He had the internal strength and then his loving her was expressed so well. So what's the takeaway for us then? I think you can go back to David Snash's idea about time out of sync with your partner. It doesn't have to be traumatic or wasted. We can use that time when we're not either not on the same page or not together. They were broken up and he was in Europe, but also she was busy or when couples are, are fighting is also a time when you're not synced up. So whenever getting out of sync happens is a great time to practice holding on to yourself and trying to be emotionally self-sufficient. So if I were to boil this down just into one sentence, during those times when we are emotionally out of sync with our partner, to give yourself permission to be emotionally self-sufficient for that time period with the understanding that you'll come back into sync later on. Understand that what they're going through is temporary, that you can be there to support them, but at the same time, it's important for you to understand that you may need to be taking care of yourself emotionally at that point in time. That self-sufficiency, that's the seat, the foundation of the resilience that allows you to be there for them. If you don't have it, it's really difficult to give that gift of support because what you really want is for them to help you feel better. If that's what you're looking for, that's not supporting them really. Practicing, okay, we're out of sync. I need to just calm myself down, hold on to my own self, get in touch with who do I want to be in this moment? What's the best version of myself? All those questions are really good, but mostly it's about, okay, I'm going to calm myself down and be in charge of my own emotions and my own self for a minute here and not rely on them. So support your partner by taking care of yourself. Yeah. I used to think that was hogwash, that you had to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. It actually isn't. If I can't cope by myself, then my partner being off kilter throws me off kilter. So they get into crisis, they're overwhelmed, they're frustrated or whatever. If I can't hold on to myself in that situation, I'm off kilter too and I'm in crisis now. So it's the idea of putting the oxygen mask in the airplane on yourself before putting it on your partner. Yes, absolutely. So key takeaway here is to put on your own oxygen (laughs) mask first. Well, then look for those opportunities that sometimes when we're out of sync, it isn't traumatic and it's not a tragedy. It's just an opportunity to practice these skills. We have a lot of time people talking about getting emotionally burnt out Mm -hmm. and they feel like they've given too much or they can't give any more. Would you say that that most likely a lot of times is the result of people trying to take care of their partner's emotional needs at expense of their own? Yes and no. Mikey's a great example of this. So if Mikey didn't have that strong core sense of self that he had developed, then showing up every weekend and getting nothing in return while he was being so supportive would absolutely have burned him out. If he had had the expectation of reciprocation, that she needs to give back to me, And if he had not had that core sense of self that was resilient enough to withstand not receiving all the time, I think that's the problem. We set ourselves up for burnout when we rely only on our partner or mostly on our partner to tell us we're a good person or to reinforce us enough so that we can be strong. It's actually one of those paradoxical things about relationships is that both are true. Sue Johnson is a relationship expert that really focuses on the idea that you can't risk and grow effectively without a secure base to return to. So your partner needs to be that secure base for you. And when you need that attention and affection and security, you need to be able to go to your partner and they need to be able to build you up and set you up, re-energize you enough to be able to go out there in the world and risk again. 
David Snarsh is our other expert who says, if you don't have that core sense of self that's really strong and doesn't rely on your partner to build you up, then you won't be able to really deeply connect with them because connection is scary. It'll be overwhelming. So a deep and intimate connection with another person is impossible if you can't hold on to yourself because you'll either be overwhelmed by their crisis like we were talking about or one of you will become the dominant and the other person just twists themselves into pretzels in order to accommodate the other person's needs. And that is inherently harmful because if you can't be authentic, you can't be your whole self and you're twisting yourself into pretzels, then eventually something will break. You can't keep that up forever. And so the key thing to understand is that they're both right that the more you have a strong core sense of self, the more that you have to be able to deeply connect with. And the more that we are safe for each other and really can go to each other for support and receive that from our partner, then the more we have an opportunity to create that core strong sense of self that can go out and risk or can give freely like this and invest without expecting anything in return. Both of those are actually true, even though it's kind of a paradox. Of course, it's a cycle like anything else and you have to go between them in order to build both of them but i think that's the important thing to understand and remember is that it is a cycle when you are on the times where you're having to rely on yourself more that in a healthy relationship that eventually is going to flip Mm -hmm. if you're able to keep that in perspective and if you are able to establish that sort of cyclical relationship then it's okay to be out of sync as long as you're able to hold on to that understanding that a you will be in sync with each other again and that b sometimes you'll be out of sync but you'll be relying on them more than they are right now at the moment so you just have to keep that in mind to help you navigate through those difficult times Well, in both of those things is a skill and having a strong core sense of self is also a skill and you have to practice both. And so it takes practice. It's like we were talking about with development. You start out with what you have and you develop and build that over time. And the more of you there is, the more opportunity you have to keep building that and making that depth of intimacy stronger. There was certainly a lot there to think about and a lot that we can all try and incorporate in our own lives. There's one other point that I want to hit on here. They mentioned their cultural difference. Mikey came from this large, loud, boisterous family. And Jamie came from a small, quiet, you know, shall I say, proper family. The one thing that really struck me, the terms that they used, the way they described their experiences with the other person's family, were really intense. Jamie's talking about how much she loves his family and they love her, but that being immersed in that culture that everybody's so affectionate and emotive felt like being dumped into ice water. That's a very strong emotional reference and he was kind of saying the same thing feelings that he had about her dad it really impressed me their ability to see the best in the other person's culture jamie could have just been overwhelmed and thought they're so touchy that's not appropriate she could really respond with putting up those walls and having her walls around herself just get stronger and stronger and yet she kind of went with it and was open to it and saw the best version of it and he did the same thing with her family as he's saying it's nice not to have a roller coaster ride they found their middle ground but they found their middle ground by really acknowledging the strengths of the other person's up bringing 
when we're uncomfortable, one of the things we tend to do is reinforce our own rightness by being offended or frustrated or saying that that thing that's making me uncomfortable is wrong. And neither of them did that. Both of them opened themselves up. Hence, they've built something between the two of them that's actually really comfortable for both of them. What's a skill that we can all learn from that? The key to openness is allowing yourself to be influenced, which John Gottman talks about very specifically as receiving influence from your partner being a very important element of any relationship if it's going to work. If you refuse to be influenced by your partner, if you're rigid about who you are and you're not open to their influence, then that's very destructive. So be open to your partner's differences. Yeah. If you can see that positive, it's a lot easier to be influenced and change a little bit in the direction of what that positive thing is. If all you can see is negatives around it, then of course you wouldn't want to. Well, I think that's probably a good spot to wrap up for the day. Thank you, Anne, for being with me and for all of your insights. It sounds like there's a lot that we can all learn from Jamie and Mikey to use in our own relationships. That also then brings us to our relationship challenge for this week. This week's relationship challenge is based around the relationship element of resilience, which Mikey demonstrated extremely well. The challenge is to write down, don't just think about them, but actually write down five things that you can do to become more emotionally self-sufficient. These should be completely independent of your partner. After you write them down, pick one and do it. Of course, you don't have to limit yourself to only doing one, but pick at least one and do it now. After you've done so, please go ahead and visit our website at makinglovetoday.com. Go ahead and share with us your list in the Relationship Challenge comments section and let us know which thing from that list you picked and how it went for you. The items don't have to be complicated or time-consuming. In fact, it's probably best if they're not. Just identify something you can do to boost yourself emotionally. For me, I think I'm going to go for a long walk this next week and just let myself decompress. Thanks again for being with us today, and until next time, be like Jamie and Mikey and go make love in your life.